Welcome to SolkanaCast, two broads talking broadly about health, the physical, the emotional, the nitty-gritty, and the fun. Real thoughts on real health. The information provided within this podcast is not designed to and does not provide medical advice, professional diagnosis, opinion, treatment, or services to you or any other individual and is intended for general information for educational purposes only. Welcome to SoconaCast, episode 8 of season 2, Liver and Lordosis. Woo! Woo! I'm Lucia, and I'm with me Hannah. is Hannah. It's going to cut you off. <laughs> Hi! Hi. We're recording this episode in a different room. <gasps> so weird. It, so great. It, it does feel weird. It does feel great. I'm feeling a little bit amped up by it. Yeah. Who knew? I know. A room. You may have seen it if you ever watch either of us on Periscope, which is now like not that popular of a form of media. <laughs> it was popular for like three weeks. It was so trolly. Oh, so many trolls. So many guys who are like tuning in from like Kazakhstan. Yeah. Yep. And being like, hey, you got a nice body. <laughs> You're like, let me stop my video yeah. and block you. This is great. Um, you may also have seen the space if you come to nutrition consults with me. Maybe. <laughs> Yay. Hey. But maybe you're listening to this from California. We don't know. Maybe you're from Kazakhstan. Oh. <gasps> Tune in. <laughs> Tell your peeps. <laughs> uh, super excited for today's episode. I didn't even know what lordosis was. I still don't. I looked up the general term just so I wouldn't completely yeah. be unaware, but I didn't dive into it. I'm much excited. Good, 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 <laughs> good, 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 good. There's a real popular meme out there about lumbar lordosis. What? Yeah, maybe I'll post it somewhere. Yeah, do it. Maybe I'll post it on our Twitter. Yeah, put on Sulkana Podcast. And then people could follow the Twitter. Ooh, Ooh. spooky. <laughs> do it. Do it. It is almost spooky time fall. <gasps> yeah. It, the weather, it, I felt like that it was really, we're getting into fall last night especially. Yeah, it was, was kind of nice. Uh, my next door neighbor was having a bonfire, so it smelled all folly. Oh, and it was cool. I love the fall. Yeah. It's just so short. It is. Today, actually, I stopped at Caribou on the way over to get an iced coffee because I'm still in August. <laughs> And they were already selling pumpkin spice lattes. I was just going to ask you your opinion or your, are you love or you hate. Well, first of all, I didn't know that pumpkin spice lattes are called PSLs. Yes. I didn't realize that was like a thing. <laughs> oh, man. Um, until our live our yoga guru, posted that on her Facebook. You're like, what? Hashtag PSL. Google PSL. I was like, what? What is that? Public school. Lunch. Lunch. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, no, but I didn't realize that. And Morgan told me that I was very basic for not knowing that. Did you have to Google what basic meant? or did you? No, I know what basic means. <laughs> Jeez. So anyway, my opinion is whatever. You could drink that year round if you want. I don't have any certain feeling about it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but also, like, sometimes I find that I am very far behind on, like, popular media things. Mm. So I didn't realize... That it was even a debate. <laughs> it's a debate? It's 
Are people mad? It seems like it's such a hot topic that when anything is going to be a hot topic, you're going to have one side and yeah. then another side. Uh-huh. And people are going to flock to that side or to the other side. Yeah. So. I, I feel like I am too removed somehow from like what's cool. It's like so. Justin Bieber. Do you have an opinion? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Me either. But I hear people do. Yeah, they do. Uh, you know, so recently one of my um, one of the teenage improvisers that I coach sent me uh, a message and I like posted something on Facebook and she responded with like, go mom. <laughs> and I was like, mom. Oh, my God. So I Googled like, what does it mean when someone calls you mom? Uh, you know, that's like an Internet term. No. Yeah. I thought it was just a mom term. No. And I also found out, uh, do you ever listen to the podcast Reply All on Gimlet? Uh, very rarely, but yes. Well, everybody, it's a good podcast. Hey, Reply All, if you're listening, <laughs> maybe you want to bring us on to Gimlet. Anyway, uh, <laughs> they talked about the fra- using the term mom to refer to like someone who you admire or like a celebrity or somebody who has like celebrity status in your world, you call mom. That is fascinating. So I was like, okay, <laughs> I will take that and I, I will get run that with now. It. And I no longer am concerned that you think I'm your mom. Yeah, yeah. Well, Hannah, you taught me something. Good. I I taught you something with internet culture. That's <laughs> amazing. <laughs> so um, how was your week? My week was good. My week, I was up at our family cabin for last weekend, which was spectacular. It was a little bit cool up there, too. Yeah. So we cut our trip short. But regardless, we got our fill of the fam cam, which is... Fam cab. (laughs) Uh, It was good. Um, My dog got to run around like a wild child. Yay. Which she naturally is. She still somehow has more energy than anybody I've ever met. Any person or dog. Yeah. Yeah, she does. She, well, she's funny. It's, she has the most energy when everyone meets her initially, and then she really does sleep for, like, 95% of the day. Yeah. yeah. I know no one believes me. No, I believe you. It's truth. I believe you. So, yeah, that's good. How was your weekend? Um, what did I do? I don't know. Oh, yeah. I, did, I worked. <laughs> I worked the whole weekend. Oh. So, everything's great. Really good. Uh, we did Open Streets, which is, like, a street fair for businesses to have, like, a tent. How was that? You know, fine. Yeah. I remember you saying that last year, too. Yeah. It's just, like, a lot of people walk by and not a lot of people necessarily. Nobody's going to a street fair to, like, start a gym membership. Yeah. (laughs) Right. So, like, they stop by and say hello. Mostly they stop by and take the free apples that we had on our table. (laughs) But... Yeah. Actually, one person did, like, stop into the gym this week as a result of our being on open streets. So maybe it turned out better than we thought. Yeah. That's good. Getting the word out about Sultana. I did get to have, like, a really delicious brat. Ooh. Mm -hmm. And there was a um, popsicle truck. (laughs) Ooh. They made, like, these crazy popsicles. Like, one was strawberry basil balsamic. Yeah, and they were pops. They were really good, and they were all, uh, you know, like actual fruit. Yeah. Um, like real. Yeah, real ingredients. So yeah. it was really, it was like fun. Oh. Yeah, there was like a huge chunk of kiwi <gasps> in the one I had. <laughs> keep on gasping because that sounds so good. Yeah. That makes me want it to keep being summer and not 
moving into PFL territory. Yeah. I think the company was called Frio. F-R-I-O. But I can't. Hmm. Now I can't remember. <laughs> I need to Google it. Frio. Yeah. Frio. They're local. Ayo. Yeah. Maybe we'll link to them on the Twitter. And Twitter. Oh, boy. Uh, the other thing I did this week was kick down a door. <gasps> and not just a proverbial or metaphorical door, but I really kicked down a door. Yeah? <laughs> the Yes, we're adding a new space at the gym. Ooh. And the two spaces are connected by a door that was recent, like, that had been covered with sheetrock before. Okay. Um, and this guy was supposed to come take the sheetrock down, and he didn't come. <laughs> and I was like, how hard this can this really be? You, you know? kicked it? So I kicked it down. <laughs> it was so fun. Oh, I kicked awesome. it down. And then, but then it was like a huge mess, and I had to drag the giant pieces of sheetrock to the dumpster sure and then sweep up like so much plaster <laughs> on the ground but it was so rewarding and now it's just like a gaping hole in the wall i can't wait to see it yep yep super excited so, so rewarding we are getting close to being able to say that that space is really happening yeah i mean it's definitely happening now that i open the door yeah it's you've opened the portal yeah but it's just like an empty room right now so <laughs> it will soon be filled yeah with all the fitness with all the glistening bodies um question for you hannah huh uh let's check in we so last week we were interviewing austin yep and austin gave us the same challenge so yeah to read the story of esther yes i will say that maybe this is my first bible story i've ever read on purpose same here so you know it was hard to read it was. That was. I. I was amazed at the the wording. I can see why there are scholars yeah. about the Bible because <laughs> you're like, oh, this isn't written. I mean, I didn't expect it to be like a novel. Yeah. But I. I don't know. I just. I didn't expect it to also be like maybe more like Shakespeare. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's kind of hard to understand. I read through it and then I googled like basically uh, Book of Esther cliff notes because yep. I was like, let me make sure that I actually have the stories straight. That was smart because I read through it and then I was like, I hope Lucia <laughs> knows what happened here. <laughs> but in summary, Esther is kind of a badass. Yes. And she stands up to the king. She's she becomes married to the king and then yeah, she stands up to him. And yeah, he, she's like, listen, husband. And he respects her. Yep. In her opinion. So and that's pretty good. And she saves all the Jewish people in the land. Yay. Yay, Esther. Thank you. I just feel like so many people have to save all the Jews. Yeah. In the Bible. Like, uh. there's so many people who have to save all the Jews. Yeah. Ugh. I will say that um, I believe, and Austin, correct me if I'm wrong, but when I was reading up on this, that there are only two books about women in the bible so ah. there's, there's a book of ruth and then there is a book of esther wow so now i'm intrigued to read the book of ruth yeah so that was it that the, the thing we read was the whole book of esther i believe so yeah there's only two books about women in the bible yeah jeez yeah i know get it together bible <laughs> oh man i just turned off a couple listeners sorry <laughs> this is two very non-scholarly very non Bible aware people. My um, I didn't chime in last week about like what religion was for me growing up, but it was it was basically my dad being like, "Hey, if anyone asks, just say you're a Christian," <laughs> and then I get that mixed up, be like, "I'm Catholic." Oh, I think that's the wrong c word. Yeah, but really, that was like like those Wednesday night like get-togethers for kids. I was only in it for the snacks. Oh yeah. So I went to like two months of it, and then I was like, ah, boring. 
Come on, snacks. Those aren't even good snacks. Yeah, just I'm plain done. pretzels. I can get pretzels anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Or a bag of popcorn? No, yeah, come you. on. My stomach hurts. <laughs> Anywho. Yeah, so we're not very <laughs> aware of Bible stuff. But now we know about Esther, and she was dope. Pretty rad. Yeah. Like her a lot. So let's get on to topic. What have you got to tell me today? Oh, man. I'm talking all about the liver. I know you're so into that shit. I'm so into the liver. <laughs> <laughs> they taste good. I, I've never had a human liver before, but. <laughs> what kind of liver have you had? Chicken. Chicken. Nice. Goose. Goose liver. Sure. Pate. Yeah. Duck. Yeah. Yeah. yeah eating liver. Um, I won't really be talking about that today, but it's it's so it's such a nutrient dense food. There's yeah, so I mean it's like all the stuff it's is filtered through there. Yeah, and it's a bunch of B vitamins yep. and different minerals, iron, magnesium, all that good stuff. So yeah, getting in liver, my hot tip is basically what you've been saying is going for livers from animals like chicken or geese. Yeah, there's a foie gras controversy. We won't talk about that. But um, having that type of liver, it's, it's going to be less irony tasting, less kind of uh, bloody tasting versus larger animal livers like a cow. Yeah. No, thank you. <laughs> Once I tried to crock pot cook um, a liver because I read it on uh, something I Googled. And they're like, this will make it so good. This will make it so good. It was, but so, it was so dry. I took, oh. a, I took a bite and it took all the spit out of my mouth. Oh. It was so dry, Hannah. No. Guard me for life. So chicken liver all the way. Okay. Anyway, are you, you ready to learn about your liver? Yeah. What does it do? Okay. So the liver is the largest solid organ in the human body. Oh, yeah, because the skin <laughs> is all spread around. Right, exactly. That You know, that's a common <laughs> trivia question. Yeah, yeah. Do you know where it's located? In your body. You got it. Uh, on the f- on the front of your body, mm-hmm. to the right. Yes. To my right. My body's right. Yep. On the right side of your body. Um, if you feel kind of under your your lower your rib cage along the bottom, right, kind of under and behind that is where your liver and your gallbladder are going to be. So you can check in with that. Sometimes if people. Um, it's actually can be a common complaint where people feel some tenderness right there, um, and that can be a sign of liver congestion, oh. of gallbladder congestion too. Like maybe after having a few too many drinks. Yeah. Really? Or, well, sure. Or Ooh. after um, having maybe some foods that are fattier, that are more processed fats that oh. our body can't as efficiently um, use bile for to digest. Anyway. So our liver, anyway. our liver does a whole lot of stuff, and there are some main functions. So one, it'll produce bile that it then moves to the gallbladder, and that bile is really necessary for fat um, emulsification and digestion. So it's important in our digestive system. It also stores energy in the form of a sugar called glycogen. So it's important for our blood sugar balance. Yep. And then the third main role, which is the one that I think most people think about the liver um, as related to, is cleaning the blood, processing toxins. Oh, yeah. So it's, it's a, and does it like store, well, not store, the, does it store the toxins and then move them through? So it has a few different processes, which I'll talk about. Oh, man. <laughs> this, gets, this gets uh, technical, so I had to look up stuff. Oh, science terms? <laughs> Body words. Science terms. 
So when we're thinking about toxins, I want to make a clarification too. Um, with the liver, it helps our bodies work through endogenous toxins. Okay. As well as exogenous toxins. So Internal toxins versus ones we put in our body? Yes, exactly. So Nailed as, it. As beings, <laughs> we're moving through our modern world. It's, yeah, there's some pollution. Yeah, air might not be as clean as it could be. Uh, we could be hanging out in rooms where carpets are off-gassing. Maybe we're heating up foods in plastic Tupperware. All this stuff, those are going to be, uh, we drink alcohol. We maybe smoke cigarettes. All of these are going to be those external toxins that are coming into our system. Right. Internal toxins, which I'm also kind of putting in quotes, that's going to be um, something like uh, metabolic waste, old dead cells that our body needs to process in and out of our system, um, old hormone metabolites. Right. So these things that are our bodies have used that have been beneficial that we now need to clear out of our system. Can't have it all build up in there. We cannot. Liver's no. got to take care of it. Yeah. Liver's really important. It, it's okay. It's live, like you can't live without it. You cannot live without You can't live without that liver. Uh-uh. Not even, yeah, no. And it's really, it's really important. Again, I feel like people think about the liver when they think about, oh man, like, ooh, I'm maybe having a few too many drinks or something like that. My, maybe my liver needs some support. If your blood sugar is fluctuating like crazy, if you're stressed out all the time, um, those have big impacts on the liver too. So I think a lot of people can benefit from learning about the liver and just thinking about how is my liver being treated? Yeah. And is it functioning properly? Yeah. Or is it too overly burdened to function? Mm. Okay. So there are different enzyme pathways inside the liver cells that break down these toxic substances. Um, there are pretty much two main phases of detoxification. There's phase one and there's phase two. What? <laughs> okay, yeah. So phase one is more or less oxidation, reduction, and hydrolysis. So phase one, we could get into the nitty gritty, but for the most Take part- Take out the oxygen, put in the water? Yeah, these are gonna, <laughs> this is gonna help our body clear out water-soluble toxins. Okay. Phase two is for, it's the conjugation pathway. So it's phase one plus. So with phase two, we are taking, we're now looking at fat-soluble toxins. If our body can't clear those out, our body's going to store, it's going to try to put those somewhere. So it's going to store those fat-soluble toxins into, where do you think? The liver? Our, no. our fat. Oh, our yeah. Fat. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's going to put it where Got it, it can puts go. it back in the old body. Right, yes. So and that's, uh, that's what people talk about when they talk about, like, large species of fish or like cows yep, convention, if, conventionally yeah. raised um, animals yeah if they're eating. getting a lot of toxins yep. they're storing it in their fat they are. and then we eat it and then we in turn store it in our fat right and we'll have less likelihood of that if our liver has the cofactors for appropriate phase two liver detox. All right, because it could still strip some of those toxins from fat soluble, from your whatever. (laughs) You get what I'm saying. (laughs) It could still do its job. Yeah, yeah, it can. So that's also another reason why when people shift, um, you know, detox diets are really popular. Uh, Sugar detox 
especially, and that's basically what my essential you class is, the sugar detox, we're taking out all the processed stuff. When people go through a big dietary change and they're cutting out alcohol, they're cutting out refined sugars, they're cutting out processed oils, our body is going to start to detoxify because of that. So that's a, a contributing factor as to why in the first week or two of a big change like that, you can feel pretty crummy. Yeah. It's not all um, rainbows and butterflies. What? And joy. Ugh. It's because your body really is detoxifying and yeah. moving through this stuff because now it's able to. Yeah. It wasn't able to before, and it was just kind of slogging through. I felt that before. Have you? Sure. Yeah, <laughs> like getting, ri- getting rid of sugar and, uh, yeah, you feel like sh- – total garbage for a few days right it's that short term versus long term yeah effect. is that some uh, is that something some of what's happening for people who are detoxing from alcohol do you know like is there some liver things going on there too definitely yeah just that overall like illness that happens for people who are detoxing for people who are um uh you know alcoholics but even when people have like a hard hard day drinking then the next day they're feeling pretty crummy as they work it out. Your liver is part of part of that? Your liver is definitely part of that. Okay. So a few different things we want to look at are what are some cofactors that help support that phase one detox? So f- um, phase one where we're able to pull out those water-soluble toxins, and then that phase two detox where we're able to conjugate those fat-soluble toxins conjugate what I mean by that is be able to move them from fat fat soluble into water soluble so then the body can then move them in and out again so different cofactors for phase one and phase two cruciferous vegetables oh biggie real big biggie eat that broccoli eat those brussels sprouts okay I have some at home make some sauerkraut eat some coleslaw Love me coleslaw. <laughs> I'm from Wisconsin, so like oh, nice. sauerkraut and coleslaw, you're speaking my language. <laughs> Eat them up. They're going to do a world of good. In addition, B vitamins. So actually eating liver is going to be great for your liver because liver from chicken, if you want to do beef liver, veal liver, whatever, that's going to be a really great source of those B vitamins. Maybe taking a, a sup, a B complex sup. A B complex. Hey, I have a question. Yep. I yeah. take a B complex sup and my pee is neon. Yep. What the heck is going on there? That's showing that either you might not be absorbing all those B vitamins, uh-huh. your wa- your body is flushing them out. Just like too much in the pill? Or, yeah, it could it's be. Overdose it, of it. It could be that it's too much in the pill. Sure. So your body's just taking what it needs and then flushing out the rest. It could be that you're not um, absorbing it as efficiently as you could be. Oh. So we can always check in with digestion. Yeah. And you know, Amy, Amy K. Yep. Our acupuncturist and also body guru mm-hmm. suggested that maybe I I find a B-sup uh, that is made of food product. So Because the one I have is like probably not. Right. <laughs> so the, the form of the B vitamin is going to be different um, if it's coming from food versus if it's synthetic yeah. or manufactured. I'm a huge fan of bringing it back to liver, desiccated liver capsules. Okay. So dried out liver that's been put into capsule form. I'll find that. You don't even have to eat it. Good. I'll link to it. It's a great, great supplement. Okay. And it's basically just food. Other foods that 
provide those cofactors for phase one and phase two, specifically phase two, is going to be anything from the allium family. So onions, garlic, shallots, leeks. Oh, into that. Anything with sulfur. All of those contain sulfur. Uh And sulfur is a huge cofactor for those detox phases. In addition to that, you also want to be thinking about just cleaning up the diet in general. Like I talked about before, I won't go into the details about blood sugar regulation and the liver, but like I said, the liver stores sugar in it. It's a big part of, it's one of the primary organs of blood sugar regulation. So making sure that your blood sugar is even throughout the day, right. there aren't big highs, there aren't big lows, that's going to go a long way in relieving stress off of your liver. So it has the capability to be taking care of the other factors that it needs to be taking care of. Um, So that's going to look like probably what you and I are pretty used to, making sure that refined foods are low, that they're coming in as treats, Yep. that we're eating them for pleasure, sure, but for the most part, they're not really part of our day-to-day. Right. That we're emphasizing both cooked and raw vegetables. We're getting in those unprocessed fats, so from nuts and seeds, coconut oil, butter, olive oil, not too shabby of a diet, but we're eating food that are going to contribute tons of nutrition to our body yeah. in a way that is anti-inflammatory. Right. Help fuel that body. Yep. And then you also want to think about, okay, cleaning up the environment. Am I breathing in fumes from a fresh carpet? Am I getting a lot of headaches? Do I wear perfume? Mm. Do what? Do I have scented laundry detergent? Am I in an environment where the air isn't that clean? Do am I, I hanging out with smokers? Am I hanging out with smokers? Uh, do I live with plants? Plants clean the air. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> we should be living with more plants. Yeah, we got a few in here, but more plants are always going to be helpful. Yep. Starting to consider what what is surrounding your body. What are you putting on your skin? Your skin... <laughs> Hannah, did you know that your skin is the largest organ in your body? What? (laughs) Your skin is the largest organ in your body, and because of that, it absorbs what you put on it. So looking at makeup, looking at body care products, choosing products that you would feel comfortable eating, those are going to be the safest products to put on your body. Maybe not keeping uh, notes in permanent marker on your skin. Yeah, maybe not. Who's yeah? Stop doing that, everybody. <laughs> Such a common practice. Be careful <laughs> for like twelve-year-olds. Yeah. and then you can also think about incorporating foods that are cleansing and therapeutic, specifically for the liver. So some of these foods are going to be bitter herbs, mm-hmm. um, dark leafy greens, dandelion greens. Bitter herbs. Yeah. Speaking of Jewish culture, <laughs> have that at your Passover seder. Hey. Maybe have it more often. Mm-hmm. Dip it in some salt water. If you think of something like digestive bitters, yeah, yeah. They're, bitters are super popular in mixed drinks these days, but bitters are also very stimulating for our digestive Yeah, system. what about in just water? Yeah. Some soda water with digestive bitters? I actually always order that. And it's not its not that bad. It's actually kind of good. It's great. It tastes yeah. like you're having a drink. If you don't want to be drinking, you can go to like a fancy cocktail bar. You could be like, could I please have some soda water with bitters? And the bartender will not think you're crazy. They'll know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. It's worth it. Mm -hmm. Try it out. And then tweet us. (laughs) Yes. Please tweet us. Please. (laughs) Other foods that are uh, more of those cleansing and therapeutic foods are going to be fermented foods. So anything that's helping with the digestive system to rebalance the gut flora. 
guess what? Our body, our organs inform one another. If our small intestine is a little bit happier, that's going to help our liver be a little bit happier and be able to get through its processes better. Um, Turmeric is also... Oh, yeah, that's real popular nowadays. very popular right now. People are taking those subs. They're taking the subs. They're Uh, drinking it in water. They're drinking it in water. They're making golden milk. That's a very popular recipe where you're... It tastes good. Yeah. Someone made it for me, and I like it. It's basically either, you know, like a any kind of milk you want, really. So coconut, nut, actual milk, blended up with maybe some honey, some ground ginger, ground cinnamon, and then plenty of ground turmeric or fresh turmeric mixed in. So turmeric, very anti-inflammatory. Dandelion root, again, that's another kind of more of the, just like the dandelion greens yeah. are bitter. The root is also going to be cleansing for the liver. Getting enough protein. So protein, when our bodies break protein down, that breaks it down into amino acids and peptides, we need those amino acids to properly fuel our liver as well. Um, then, of course, this is a biggie biggie. I'm ready. I'm always going to talk about it. Yep. Regulating sleep and stress. Okay. Right? Okay. Those are always going to affect. I'm working on it. <laughs> Not, I'm, I mean... And again, in our culture, that it's is hard. not something that is promoted. No, people are like, you should work harder. Yeah. You're like, I'm so tired. And they're like, well, but you could work more. We need to be adopting that 30-hour work week. You know what I mean? Oh, please. <laughs> better for the brain better and the body. Yeah. And better uh, output once you're actually yes. working. Yes. Okay, so that's my super pared down very easy idea about the liver there's so much you could say there's so much i actually i want to talk about the liver and how it's actually processing sugar in a different episode and what it's really doing with blood sugar regulation but that's not for today we're really looking at those toxins yeah that'll be for an episode called regulation and rhabdomylosis yes please okay there we go um but i will say one other thing and that is those cofactors that I was talking about, all those good foods, that's going to help get those detox pathways open. Mm-hmm. Guess what? Your body's always detoxifying. There's not going to be more or less detoxification. It's just whether your body has more support for it or not. So get in those good foods. And then, like we've learned, our body, with that phase two detoxification pathway, it will move and change those fat-soluble toxins into water-soluble. So what's great to help get water going in and out of us? Drinking water. Yay! Sweating. Yep. Getting more circulation. So different things you can do for that. Hopping into a sauna if you have access. Heck yeah. Going out and exercising. Working up a sweat. Um, Using a dry brush to stimulate circulation and lymphatic flow all over all of your skin of the body. Okay, these are going to be really important to make sure that things are working through your body instead of stagnating. Yeah, Um, great advice. Yeah, so drink that water, get your sweat on, eat some bitter foods. Just in general. Yeah. But also for your liver. Yeah. And know that if you feel a little bit funky at first, that that's actually, it can be a good sign. It's showing that your body really is able to start to work through some of those toxins and that it'll be worth it and you'll likely feel better. In, in the long run. Yeah. That's what I got. Awesome. Uh, let's talk about lumbar lordosis. Please. 
Yes, please. <laughs> so Lumbar Lordo says, if you are a coach worth your salt, you know what that is already. <laughs> but probably most people don't under know what that phrase is or what it's referring to. Uh, we've talked about this before on the um, many other episodes. Anterior pelvic tilt. Does yes, that ring a bell? That does. Sway back. Yes. All different terms for lumbar lordosis. I did not know that. Yeah, also known as hyperlordosis. Because <gasps> I always, I okay, since you've been teaching me this stuff, I think about pelvic tilt you so do. much. Yay. So much, Hannah. I hope everyone does. <laughs> it's so important. It really is. I mean, think about it. Like, your body, this the, that's the fulcrum of your body, right? It's the midpoint of your body. If you can't control it, how are you going to control anything at either end? I don't know. Right? I don't know. So bad. It's really hard to. Yes. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. Yeah. And uh, people don't, I don't know that people think about it enough when they're focusing on something. They're like, oh, my shoulder hurts and uh, my knee hurts. And they forget that it all leads back to the center point. Mm. If something hurts, look upstream. Right. If your wrist hurts, look at your shoulder, look at your spine, figure out what's going on in the middle. There's no body part that's really all that isolated. No, it's all hanging off something else. We're a symphony. We're a symphony. <laughs> Our body is like a musical symphony. So watch the cello player and say hi to the violinist. Yeah. But also remember that none of that could happen without percussion. <laughs> okay. So you could think of your core as your percussion. If you can't keep the rhythm, then forget it. Your fingers are not going to be able to play the piano. This is so good. Okay. This is getting <laughs> off track. But so essentially what you can think of when you... When you uh, think of lumbar lordosis, is this? If you think about the natural curvature of your low back, mm -hmm. that curvature and the curvature up at your C spine and your uh, by your neck, that that provides support for your head. Right. So your head's not flopping all over the place. Oh can't have a perfectly straight spine, or you wouldn't be able to absorb any pressure mm -hmm. in your body. And it would all shoot straight up to your head. Mm. <laughs> be <Ouch>. bad. You'd <laughs> take a step and your head would be like, ah. <laughs> no. So instead we have natural curvature in our spine at two places to help us absorb shock. Okay. Well, if you have lumbar lordosis, that means that you have an extra curvature. You have uh, excessive curvature mm -hmm. at your low back. Okay. So you might notice that when people look like they are sticking out their butt and their belly is that when you'd say they have like a duck butt you'd say they have a duck butt okay you might say that yeah <laughs> they're sticking out their butt and it also kind of looks like they're sticking out their gut okay so um sometimes <laughs> you might see this uh you know you're at the club you're dancing at the club and I you see am. someone yeah. yep and they're wearing some tight fitting clothes and they're like a thin person, but they look like they have like a little bit of a belly mm. because they have lumbar lordosis. Interesting. So it looks like your belly is sticking out more than it actually is. True. And it looks like your butt is sticking out more than it actually is. Gotcha. Um, so lumbar lordosis is super common, like extremely common. Um, it's For me, it's one of the most frequent types of spinal curvature that I see mm -hmm. when people come into the gym besides the other one that I see a lot um, which is thoracic kyphosis so if lordosis means curving excessive curvature uh -huh. then kyphosis means uh, like your thoracic spine is curving forward oh, wow. like your 
more of a humpback. Yep, yep. Yeah, so those are the two things I see the most of. Hmm. And um, the thing is that some of it is a little bit false. Some people have false lordosis. Some people have actual like medical lordosis. Like some people can be born with lumbar lordosis sure. or have that um, take place in their body as they're growing up. And it's something that they have to get medical consultation about. Mm-hmm. But many of us can control our lordosis by taking like a few simple steps. <laughs> Do tell. Yeah, so sometimes you'll see that people have lordosis because of their posture, mm. because they stand in a sway back position with anterior pelvic tilt for whatever reason, either because that's a more comfortable way for them to stand because they're purposely trying to stand that way or because their lifestyle habits have allowed them to feel comfortable in that position rather than standing up straight, right? right? So some of it is um, totally treatable on your own. Mm. If you can't correct it just by fixing your posture, then there definitely is medical intervention. I don't know a lot about the medical intervention, but that's a small percentage of people that actually need that. Mm. Yeah, and you might already know that you need it. Sure. (laughs) Because you have constant low back pain. Right, it would be affecting you Mm -hmm. fairly severely. Yeah. Um, So yeah, sometimes it occurs because of posture, other times it's a spinal issue, Um, but the problem is that if you have lordosis, you likely have pain in your low back. Okay. Because you can imagine that your low back is no longer supported in a proper way. If you take a stick and you put it underneath a brick and it's holding that brick up straight, it's holding up all the pressure of the brick above, and then you start to slowly bend that stick, and then you start to bend it even sharper, Mm. you can imagine at some point it's going to break, right? Yeah, yeah. From the pressure. So if you're carrying around uh, body weight and you're constantly pressing on your lumbar spine, if your uh, curvature becomes excessive, you can cause problems like herniations in your back. Uh, You could slip a disc. You can just have constant pain in the muscles around your spine or the spine itself Mm. because there's too much pressure on an excessive curve. And... Because your lower body, your glutes, your quads, your hamstrings are not supporting your body weight, you're just your spine is doing it. Right. Yeah. So that can be a problem. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a big problem for coaches when they see it because if someone is coming in and they're trying to do a heavy back squat, but they have extreme lumbar lordosis, well, we know what's going to happen. Yeah. That already was like making my toes tingle. No, thank yeah. you. You know what's going to happen. You can see it happening. Uh, and you, you know, try to cue and correct. You try to help that athlete work on the problems that they have. Try to fix their glutes. Try to get stronger. Try to change their posture. Try to change their habits. But ultimately, it's not up to you as the coach. It's up to them. Right. True. So, uh, wh- uh, ways that you can work on your lumbar lordosis. Well, first of all, let's start with how do you know if you have it? Yeah. Besides the way that you look. Mm-hmm. If you have an athlete that comes in or if you just see a person and they look like they have extreme sway back, it looks like they're sticking their butt out all the time, that is a very clear way to identify lordosis. And I feel like it's easier to identify on women because it's easier to see generally with the clothes that women wear. Right. It's easier to see the lordosis. Also, 
because women tend to carry more weight in their butt. Right. Um, their butt looks like it sticks out more sure. excessively. It's also more common in women. Okay. Uh, but men have it too. A lot of men have it. And it's some, I think like when I'm looking at bodies, I don't always see it in men as quickly. Mm. So I have to. A little more subtle. Yeah. It's a little more subtle. Oh, and a lot of times it's just because like maybe their t-shirt is baggier. Right. Totally. And Or their shorts are baggier and I just can't see it yeah. as clearly. Uh, so ways that you can see it besides just that, if you're not sure, you know, if you're looking in the mirror, like if you're not sure if you have it, so here's some other common symptoms that you might have. Tightness or even spasming in your erector spinae. Tell us where that is. You know I love to talk about the erector spinae. <laughs> the, talking about your erectors. So if you put your hand on your low back, uh-huh. along either side of your spine, mm-hmm. then you start to trace up. Mm-hmm. It should feel like you have, your spine is sitting in the middle of like as a, as a little valley, and there's two ridges to the side. Those are your erector spinae. Okay. Those muscles that line your back and go all the gotcha. way up. Gotcha. Those are your erector spinae. Yeah. If they are tight, if they're uh, pulling up, they will spasm or feel tight or Oof. get very weak or um, overly numb uh-huh. when you're working out or sometimes when you're just standing or carrying something or uh, even just sitting for long periods of time. Mm-hmm. If your low back is tightened and your butt is elevated so that curvature is excessive, that means your erector spinae will also be tightened. Right. That whole back area will be tightened. Okay. And you'll feel um, tense pain sometimes in your erector spinae. Yeah. I have that. I've got lordosis. <laughs> and I've worked on it a lot. Uh-huh. But if I'm not careful and I'm just standing around and I'm just like hanging out in sway back or I haven't stretched my hip flexors in a while, mm-hmm. I'll get major tightness in my erector spinae wow yeah so that's one way you can think about it um if you also get pain in your low back like any pain in your low back or numbness in your low back you can usually trace back to some type of lordosis some excessive curvature or tightness in the low back and if you have a butt wink oh at the bottom of your squat hello you may have lordosis okay (laughs) Coach Derek and I were talking about the, you may be, you might be a redneck. Yeah. Maybe this applies there. Like, <laughs> if you wink your butt at the bottom of a squat, <laughs> you might have lordosis. Oh, yeah. Yep. So that's real funny. <laughs> so if you tend to drop out or, like, bottom out at the squat and tuck your butt under, mm-hmm. that may be because you have lordosis. And at the top of your squat, you're starting with a major spinal curvature gotcha yeah a few things to be looking out for yeah and it is a problem like it will cause pain right in the end right so so here are some reasons that it that it can happen Mm -hmm. if you picture yourself standing up picture somebody from the side imagine their pelvis is a triangle their spine is like a straight line legs Mm -hmm. are a straight line yep if you're standing in a proper position that triangle will have a, just a gentle tilt, but for the most part, it will be supporting your upper body evenly yeah. on both sides. Yeah. Um, if you have lumbar lordosis, that triangle is completely tilted on its side, mm. and your spine is not a straight stick, it's a majorly S-curve. Yeah. 
So if you think about that S-curve in the front of the body, you can imagine those hip flexors are really, really tight because mm -hmm. it's a shortened distance between that triangle and the stick. Yep. <laughs> your, your pelvis is tilting backwards. So the distance between your belly button and the top of your thigh is shorter. Mm -hmm. So that means your hip flexor is tight. You can imagine also that your belly, your abdomen, your core muscles are weak because they're elongated they're and they're engaged. not engaged. Yeah. yeah. And then if you look on the back, it's going to be the opposite places. So your upper body, your, your low back area, that's going to be the tight area. Mm. And then none other than your glutes <laughs> are going to be your weakened area. Oh, man. I know. The so here we go again. The whole, whole core area stresses me out, yes, Hannah. Yes, I know. Like it stresses I know. But it really is, like, you can simplify it down to that, just that image in your mind. Yeah. The opposite points on your anterior and posterior are going to be the opposite of each other. So if you're looking at the front and it's weak in the front, it's likely that there's tightness in the back right. and vice versa. If it's tight in the front, it's going to be weak in the back. That's right. just how it has to go. You have to have balance in order for you to feel properly stabilized. Yeah. So some things you can do to fix your lordosis are this. One would be to lose some belly fat. Okay. Right, because you can imagine that if you have excessive belly fat, your center of mass is going to be pulled forward and your pelvis is going to tilt back in order for you to stay stable. Right. This is actually why lordosis is super common with pregnant women mm. because they're carrying a new load on the front yeah. and their center of mass has to even out. And so next thing you know, you have lordosis, you have back pain. Interesting. Right? Yeah. Pregnant women are always complaining of back pain. Right. That is lordosis. Yeah. And it can lead to things like sciatic pain, mm. uh, sciatica in general, thoracic pain even. Mm -hmm. uh, women who have lar larger breasts mm -hmm. um, complain of back pain as well because their low back is having a hard time supporting. Their thoracic spine might go into kyphosis or they might go into lordosis, depending Dang. on how their body adjusts. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So um, losing some weight on the front area will help with that pain. Sure. So if you've got you know excessively large breasts and you get a breast reduction, that's going to help with back pain. Um, or if you lose belly fat. Right. Stretching your GD hip flexors. <laughs> Stretching your GD hip flexors. I feel like <laughs> I talk about this a lot, but hanging out in a lunge position, yeah. getting your hip flexors to open up and elongate instead of constantly being in that sh uh, seated shortened mode. Even just doing that stretch and actually feeling your hip flexors. Yeah, knowing where like, they are. Yeah, sitting so much because I, I definitely have tight hip flexors. Just stretching and being like, oh, hi, hello. Yeah. Good morning. Yes. Good day. Yes. <laughs> if, and if they and elongate, that's going to help you uh, control your pelvis a lot more. Right, right. So along with that, standing up. Not so much sitting. This is why people talk about sitting as being a problem mm -hmm. it's not because we're trying to shame anyone into because you're lazy it's literally because it puts you in a disadvantaged position where now your spine is weak right and your glutes or your spine is tight and your glutes are weak your hip flexors are tightened up and your stomach doesn't have to control your body anymore mm -hmm. so it's just going to cause you problems when you stand up no one's shaming you <laughs> it's just science it's just logic yep so standing up, stretching your thoracic spine. 
stretching your thoracic spine and uh, increasing your mobility above your, your lumbar spine is going to help as well. So smart. So smart. Yeah, so smart. And uh, fix your dumb, broken glutes. <laughs> I talk about this a lot. <laughs> but you have to strengthen your glutes and uh, teach them how to fire in order for you to control your pelvis at all. Your core area is not just your your belly. It's but also your butt. And that also, also I mean, that reminds me, too, of the hip flexor again. Just getting in touch with what your glutes are, having them fire, recognizing what firing feels like. Yep. So important. And then, the, and of course, along with that is strengthening your core muscles, like your abdomen and your obliques. All of those things are going to help you. Practicing bracing, like we've talked about, mm. is going to help reinforce that idea when you're about to lift. Mm. So you, if even if you hang out in lordosis, you uh, learn to correct when you need to actually engage your body for an activity. Sure. That's going to eventually help you just generally not have as much lordosis mm. if you're learning how to brace. It's going to just keep your body safe. So there are ways to do it, and they turn out to be the very common, <laughs> repeated ways that I mention all the time. Right. Do some bridges. Do some planks. Do some ab work. Take care of your body. Stretch your hip flexors. Let yourself feel your core. As someone yeah. who has not felt their core in a long time, has been scared to, because it's really scary if your back goes out. Yes. And then you're like, let me try to never feel that again. It's okay to feel your core. Yeah, it is. It's really good. And a lot of the stuff is like, you know, me repeating the same old adage, but looking at it from just a different angle, Definitely. you know, what does it, uh, what does it mean for your back to have this type of problem? What does it look like? And what is it called? Yeah. So there's a couple other things. One is that, uh, I mentioned before, women have more commonly have lumbar lordosis. I can see that a lot. Like I've mentioned that before. Yep. I always see women have more commonly standing and sway back. And I didn't know why I thought maybe it was because there's a little bit of societal pressure to have a big butt mm -hmm. and maybe it's just comfortable to stand that way but uh, I actually read this paper this 2014 paper that hypothesized that it might be from women's bodies preparing for pregnancy mm. so you might more commonly see lordosis because uh, uh, lordosis allows for your center of mass to change sure. and be stable when you're carrying weight during pregnancy right right um so that that's that's part of it yeah but it also means that more women are going to suffer from low back pain as a result of lordosis so trying to find that balance yep trying to find that balance and making sure that it's not extreme lordosis like generally women are going to have a more cur more curvature in their low back mm -hmm. but it shouldn't be so much that you feel like you can't stabilize right again looking at that at the pressure that's on your spine yes so having it be not too extreme exactly exactly some evolutionary biologists which i'm always like mm, <laughs> what's that yeah that's not i can't always <laughs> how do i you know sometimes evo bio oh. is so much about why people want to have sex with each other yeah and you're like well anyway <laughs> so uh, some evolutionary <laughs> biologists think that uh, the idea of being attracted to a big butt mm -hmm. is actually an attraction to lordosis, mm, an okay. attraction to an, a curvature in the spine, right. because it indicates greater potential fertility sure. uh, or ability to hold a baby. Yeah, childbearing. Uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe. Sure. But I definitely can, I think 
I can reinforce the idea that when people talk about like man big butt like you know being attracted to a big butt yeah what they're genuinely attracted to is a spinal curvature sure so I like big <laughs> curves in the spine and I cannot lie <laughs> would be a more accurate song yeah uh, because whether or not the size of your butt is large or small the, the amount of lordosis in your spine will determine how big it looks. So you're looking for a healthy, stacked spine. Yeah, so you don't <laughs> want to be sticking your butt out. Right. Though you will see, like, in, like, Kim Kardashian's paper magazine cover. Yeah. When she's, like, balancing a champagne glass on her butt. Right. She's balancing the champagne glass on her low back lordosis. Mm-hmm. So she does. She still does have a big butt, but like you know, if she stood in proper alignment, when she probably does often, right, you won't notice it as much. But then when you know someone's taking a picture, essentially you're entering lumbar lordosis. Yeah. You can even do it right now if you're standing up. If you stand up, stick your butt out. So drop your hips back, mm-hmm. tighten up your low back, and stick your belly out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Who wants to do that? No. Yeah. So you, it feels like your butt is sticking out. Yeah. But you also can feel how your low back instantly turns on. Right, right. It instantly tightens up. So uh, maybe it's sexy, <laughs> but it's also painful. Yeah. Ouch. Yeah. And it's not cute when you're in the gym. So avoid it, please. Please. It's not worth it to try to look more bootylicious <laughs> because it will sacrifice your spine. Be more bootylicious means just working on those muscles and get everything really strong to support yep. your spine. So the meme I was talking about? Yeah. It's a picture of lumbar lordosis, uh-huh. um, like a medical picture. Yeah. And it says, is your, gr- is your girl a bad bee or does she just have lumbar lordosis? Aw, snake. LOL. <laughs> but also stop judging women's bodies. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Great. It sucks. It sucks that women feel like they have to stand in that position. Yeah. Um, because it is bad on your back and, uh, especially if you're wearing heels then as well. So Mm -hmm. like, let's say you, you are out at the club and you're wearing stilettos. And so now you're, um, in a position where your heels are raised and that's going to tilt your pelvis naturally. Yeah. Now stand in lordosis while you're tilting your pelvis, you're going to end up with a lot of back pain. Oh, your poor spine. Yeah. It's going to be rough on your spine. Yeah. So be careful. Be careful in the club. In the club. With the heels. In with the heels. <laughs> That's the cool way to say it. Uh-huh. PSL. PSL. <laughs> Mom. So that's my lordosis lecture for the day. Do you have a challenge for me then? Or is it just kind of getting in touch, like like where you had people stand up? Yeah, I mean, my challenge for you, because uh, uh, this is a very similar challenge to like every other time I talk about low back yeah, health yeah. and body health in general, yeah. is to be aware of your bracing techniques yeah. before you lift, but just in general too. When you are um, like standing around, notice whether or not you stand in lordosis. Because mm-hmm. I actually, if I'm standing at my desk, if I'm not careful, I can easily just slip into hanging in lordosis because to me it feels like kind of comfortable because it's lazy. Yeah, sure. Um, and because my if as if my hip flexors are tight, that is going to feel more comfortable right. than trying to stand up. So just notice yourself when you're standing at your desk or when you're just standing around waiting for something. Do you naturally slip into lordosis mm-hmm. or are you able to hang out in a more stacked position? Okay, I can do that. And if you do slip into lordosis, <laughs> that means you got to be extra aware 
of how you hold your body position when you do all the other stuff. Just suddenly get down into a lunge and stretch my hip flexors so yep. much. Just drop down. <sighs> Are you uh, ready for my challenge? Yes. For you? Yes. Okay. I want you to eat one bitter food this week. Okay. Like cilantro? Parsley? Parsley would be great. Dark leafy greens. Kale. Kale. Dandelion greens. Joke's on you. Them. Had kale yesterday. <gasps> Good job. <laughs> Sauerkraut. Okay. Sauerkraut. Got tons of it at home. Raw cabbage. Naturally can be a little bit bitter. Yep. I have so much cabbage in my house right now. Yeah? For my CSA. Oh, man. So I'm going to get to work. Okay. Do it. Maybe I'll make my own sauerkraut. Hannah. Thank you. <laughs> You're going to make me misty-eyed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so many things. Liver, lordosis, that's where we're at. It is. This is where we're at. Both of them showing that our bodies are symphonies. Symphonies. So let's keep them in tune. If you want to know more about bodies, you should follow us on our Twitter account, at Solkana Podcast. Um, you can also just catch us at Solkana, hang out with us, come to Minneapolis, do the fitness. Do it. Do the do the healthness. Yeah. Do the wellness. Do it all. Do the nutritionist. Uh, also, you can subscribe on iTunes if you haven't already, and tell your friends about us, and maybe even write us a review. Please do. We would love if you wrote us a review, even if it's like, hey, uh, and that's it. That's fine too. That's a really good review. Thank you so much. Yes. Uh, thanks, as always, to our producer Taj. Mm. You know, sometimes you have a really nice dream and you wake up and you still feel like it's true. That's Taj. It is. That's Taj doing that for you. <laughs> Thank you, Taj. Thank you, Appreciate Taj. you. Always. Uh, and we'll check in with you. Oh, my God. We'll check in with you at the beginning of next season. <gasps> Going to be so fresh. Yes. With a PH, because that's cool. And from now on, we're not going to be calling it seasons. We're just going to be calling it episodes. So this is episode 16. And who knows what you'll see for episode 17. You better tune in. But stay tuned because this stuff just keeps getting better. All right. We'll see you then. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Sulkana Cast is produced by Taj Ruler. Subscribe on iTunes or visit sulkanacast.libsim.com. That's L-I-B-S-Y-M.com for full episode information. You can also visit our website at sulkanafitness.com to stay up to date on everything health and fitness. Join in on the conversation over on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Sulkana CrossFit. See you there.